The landscape in Arizona is changing. So is its political climate. For decades, Arizona had a reputation as being a conservative haven. It introduced the country to politicians like Barry Goldwater and John McCain, and hardliners like Jan Brewer and Joe Arpaio. But Arizona's population continues to grow. And the influx of new residents is changing our state's politics. With the ever-changing landscape of Arizona's electorate, our state is looking more like one of those battleground states that presidential candidates will covet. Once a reliably red state, Arizona has become increasingly purple. In fact, NBC News named Arizona one of the top three states to watch during the upcoming election. 2020 could invite another blue wave in Arizona. While Republicans still outnumber Democrats in the state, recent polls indicate the potential for a shift to the left. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national political reporter for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national political reporter for the Republic. As hosts of The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast, we're really curious about how the purple trend in Arizona is playing out across the state. What issues are most important to voters in each congressional district? What are their thoughts on the upcoming election? To find out, we're visiting each of the state's nine congressional districts. And through November, you'll hear from voters across the state before they cast their votes. Today, we're visiting Arizona's 9th Congressional District. It's represented in Congress by Greg Stanton. He's a Democrat who served as the mayor of Phoenix from 2012 to 2018. Obviously, my work as mayor, uh, my years of experience as mayor very much um, influences my work in, in Congress. As you know, I was a broken record when I served as mayor of the city of Phoenix on issues like immigration reform and on trade, increasing trade opportunities, and on infrastructure investment. After Kirsten Sinema decided to run for the Senate in 2018, Stanton stepped down from his mayoral position and ran for the 9th district seat. He won, beating Republican Steve Ferrara. And guess what? I'm a broken record as a member of Congress, uh, serving, uh, being an active leader on all of those issues uh, in the United States Congress. Arizona's 9th Congressional District lies in the heart of the valley. So it includes uh, portions of East Phoenix, Sunny Slope, the Biltmore area, North Central, Arcadia, the Ahwatukee Foothills. In addition, it includes all of the city of Tempe, um, South Scottsdale, West Mesa, and West Chandler as well. So sort of East Phoenix and kind of the near East, uh, East Valley. It's one of Arizona's more diverse districts. Its population is one quarter Latino, and Stanton is proud of the racial and cultural diversity in his district. When we have treated our proximity to Mexico and our diverse population as something to be feared, that sets us in the wrong direction. It sets us backwards. He also said there's enormous potential with his district's young, bilingual population. And if we can harness that talent as we grow in this international trade economy, as we grow with more trade with Mexico, Central Latin America, we have so many people in our state that have family and friends relationships in Central Latin America. That, it, that puts us at such a strategic advantage compared to any other states. We need to harness the human capital that we're lucky to have. And when it comes to employment, some of the largest power brokers in the state reside in Stanton's district. 
And in terms of jobs, look, Intel is included in there, State Farm Insurance, GoDaddy, ASU, SRP. So some of the most important employers in the entire state of Arizona are located within District 9. Stanton said that during his time as mayor, he worked hard to create an economy built for the future, as he put it. That included high-wage jobs in innovation and bioscience. And the 9th District is among the tops in the nation for those working in white-collar management jobs. During my time as mayor, Phoenix was not only the fastest-growing city, but actually had the highest wage increase of any large city in the United States of America. And those are the efforts I work on in Congress uh, as well. The district was originally drawn as one of three competitive House seats in Arizona. Back when it was created, Republicans had a 3% point registration advantage. Today, Democrats have an eight-point edge. We're lucky to have a nonpartisan registering commission in the state of Arizona. Uh, they drew out of nine districts, three that can be described as competitive uh, districts. The district that I'm lucky enough to represent is one of those. Maybe, but he and fellow Democrat Kirsten Cinema have represented it for all eight years of its existence. One party doesn't dominate the, the, the voter registration. It's pretty even, Democrat, Republican, uh, independence, which makes these elections really about whose ideas do the people really want to see uh, uh, implemented. So what issues do people in the 9th Congressional District care about? What are some of the tipping points in this district in 2020? Broadly speaking, Stanton said that voters in his district want someone who is willing to work across the aisle and break outside of the partisan gridlock. To get things, to get things done, to get things done for our uh, district. To that end, Stanton cited the work he's doing with Republican Senator Martha McSally to give qualified Mexican citizens a card that would allow them to cross the border to shop within 75 miles of the border. He's also working with Republican Representative Paul Gosar to address the higher rates of cancer in people from Mojave County. That's a downwinder issue from nuclear testing facilities that were used by the government decades ago. Uh, Representative Schweikert and I work closely together on research re resources for fighting Valley Fever and obviously Representative Lesko on the issue of protecting Luke Air Force Base. So, you know, virtually every member of the Arizona delegation I work, uh, I, I work with on in issues of, of great import to the state of Arizona. But the demand for bipartisan solutions is particularly pressing when it comes to infrastructure. Stanton, who's a member of the House Transportation Committee, pointed to the work he's done with other members of the Arizona delegation in terms of water management. Uh, the drought contingency plan, which we, we, were, we got together regularly. I mean, I, I attend every single Arizona delegation uh, breakfast so I can work with my colleagues to ensure that we're working as a team to fight for Arizona issues. And we wanted to make sure that as the Arizona legislature and governor move forward with the drought contingency plan, that no one could kind of do an end around and come to Congress and get a different deal than was agreed upon at the state. We stayed together on that issue. And water management isn't the only climate-related issue that Stanton's district cares about. Overall, climate change is a multi-generational issues with voters of different ages looking for solutions. Stanton expressed some frustration in this regard. He said the House has passed several bills addressing climate change, but the bills stalled in the Senate. And he's not the only one who's frustrated. Lauren Colick is a 34-year-old registered dietitian who lives in Stanton's district. She's a Democrat who's worried about the Republican approach, or lack thereof, when addressing this issue. Global climate change, I think, is a big one. Our current president, you know, 
denying climate change and, you know, the other candidate who's, you know, very, I guess, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but just, um, you know, embraces that it is a real thing and that we do need to do something about climate change. Representative Stanton agrees with such sentiments. We need significant more investment in clean energy. Clean energy is the future. Our competitor nations are way ahead of us on the issue of clean energy. Uh, obviously, this administration has taken us in a very different direction, pulling us out of the Paris climate change and really not not acknowledging the existence of climate change. Uh, and, and so therefore, we can't move forward with public policies that really take that into uh, account. Such policies, in Stanton's mind, include investing in public transportation, retrofitting buildings to be more energy efficient, and setting clear and appropriate goals around the climate. But doing so will take a level of bipartisan agreement that hasn't been present around this issue in recent years. But we need to do that if the United States is going to reestablish its leadership on the issue of climate change. But infrastructure and climate change aren't the only issues that concern voters in the 9th Congressional District. After the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, many are concerned that Trump's appointee, Amy Coney Barrett, could disrupt the balance of the Supreme Court. This is an obvious concern for Democrats like Lauren, but it's an even bigger concern, it seems, for independent voters. T. Lambert is a 66-year-old from Phoenix. She works in a public school district, and she identifies as being an independent. I want to see a more diverse representation in the House and not so heavily weighted one party or another. For her, the potential that six of the nine Supreme Court justices could be Republican appointees is worrying. I guess what my worry is about the the Supreme Court is being uh, heavily leaning on one extreme or another. So... I don't want it to be extremely liberal. I don't want it to be extremely conservative. I'd rather see a better balance. And then there's perhaps the most pressing issue heading into the election, the response of our government to the COVID-19 pandemic. Stanton has been one of the more vocal critics of the government's response to COVID-19. He noted defective test kits early in the pandemic, suspected price gouging for respirator masks, and his own frustration towards local governments for not spending the money provided to them by Congress. Stanton said that as a former mayor, he understands how devastating COVID-19 is going to be to local and state budgets. He wants to ensure that state and local support is included in any future relief package, and his hope is that it would avert thousands of layoffs from municipal jobs all over the country, and especially here in Arizona. Also, with the significantly increased number of people on unemployment through no fault of their own. We need to make sure that the state has the resources to support the Medicaid program because there are a lot more people utilizing that uh, uh, Medicaid program. He also said it's important for any future relief package to include funding for personal protective equipment for schools, as well as funding for testing and contact tracing. Also, support for higher education universities. Uh, you know, I'm lucky to have the largest university in the United States of America located in my uh, district. And I want to do everything I can to support uh, ASU as they work hard to make sure they can get back to uh, a, you know, a regular education uh, for its students. 
Beyond the economic concerns with COVID-19, Stanton is also concerned about the status of the Affordable Care Act. The ACA was the crowning legislative achievement of former President Barack Obama's administration, and it ensured that Americans with pre-existing medical conditions could receive health care. But Republicans have wanted to repeal the law for a decade, with some saying it amounted to government overreach. But legislative efforts, which notably didn't include a replacement that preserved coverage levels for those with pre-existing conditions, have failed. But a lawsuit seeking to topple the ACA, brought by Republican state-level attorneys general across the country, including Arizona's Mark Burnovich, is set for argument in the Supreme Court a week after the November elections. To Stanton, the case begs a fundamental policy question. Sadly, so many more Americans will have pre-existing conditions after this terrible COVID uh, virus, as a result of this terrible uh, COVID virus. So I just think it is completely unacceptable that we have this ongoing litigation to try to eliminate the Affordable Care Act. I think you ought to be asking the question to people that are in that lawsuit, what are you going to do to replace it with? This is also a concern for Lauren, the Democrat who we spoke to for this episode. I work with patients on dialysis, um, just concerned about, you know, funding for health care. Um, definitely, I believe in health care for all, um, just making sure that there is adequate health care for everyone, that there's adequate prescription coverage for um, for people, um, that sh- someone should be able to, like, go to a you know, have access to a primary care physician rather than using like an an emergency department for for all their medical needs. So just having, you know, um, more of a national, you know, health care plan where everyone is covered. But not everyone in the 9th Congressional District agrees with Stanton and Lauren's feelings on health care. Lorraine Pellegrino is a 62-year-old retiree who used to work in the travel industry. She's a lifelong Republican something that's reflected in her list of concerns. Well, I am first and foremost a pro-life voter, and so that is paramount for me to be the most uh, uh, pro-life candidate on that issue. But, of course, I um, have the kitchen table issues, you know, safety and security. Um, I... I like a strong defense of our country without being uh, aggressive to other countries. But uh, I'm also um, favorable to um, school choice. Lorraine said that health care and COVID-19 are not predominant issues for her. I think that the, that, uh, the administration and uh, Governor Ducey has done the be- very best they could with it and continues to. So that is not a paramount issue, um, uh, they, things are moving along in a favorable direction. That's all that matters. So how does the 9th Congressional District size up its choices for the presidency in 2020? We asked a Democrat, a Republican, and an Independent for today's episode. Unsurprisingly, things broke along party lines. Lauren, the Democrat we spoke to, does not trust the Trump administration. She was critical of their response to the COVID-19 pandemic and felt that the Trump administration was not adhering to scientific information. I think there's a lot of lies with our, you know, our current president and other, you know, members of the government right now. 
She said that she'll be voting for Joe Biden and other Democrats down the line, including Greg Stanton. I believe that Democrats represent the people. Um, They listen to their constituents. They're honest. um, And I just believe that he'll take all of the concerns of Arizonans. He'll take that back to Washington and make sure that we are the best represented by him. Lorraine, the Republican we spoke to, stands in direct opposition to Lauren's perspective. She said she will not be voting for Representative Stanton in the upcoming election because she doesn't approve of his voting record or his actions during his time in Congress. And uh, I was not happy with Greg Stanton going along with Nancy Pelosi's returned impeachment for the president. Um, I think he marches in lockstep with her, and that was a big, I do believe it was a sham and a big distraction. Lorraine will be voting for Trump as well. That brings us to T, the independent we spoke to in this episode. It's voters like her who both Republicans and Democrats are trying to reach. And at least in her case, the appeal from Democrats has been more enticing. She will be voting for the Democrats this year, from Joe Biden to Mark Kelly to Greg Stanton. My other concerns don't have to do with the makeup of the House or the things. It has to do more with the social, emotional dysfunction of our country right now. And I need leaders that will help bring us back to a calm and more middle ground. But T is just one independent voter. Yvonne, let's dive into some afterthoughts. This has become a stronghold for Democrats, as Republicans have predicted from the outset since redistricting. It's a safe seat for Greg Stanton, but what does that really mean for Joe Biden and for Mark Kelly? Well, I think this will be among the most interesting congressional districts to watch uh, on election night and in the days that follow until we have clear winners in all of these races. But clearly, as we broke down, the, the, the district has been moving more democratic in recent years compared to its creation back in, in 2012. And so I would anticipate um, Mark Kelly and Joe Biden to perform fairly well in this district. Ron, every two years or so, it seems like this area becomes a bigger problem for Republicans. What exactly is driving that? Um, that's a really good question and an important one for the GOP more broadly. You know, I think back to Steve Ferrara in 2018. He was a well-funded doctor, a veteran running in an open seat, and he got wiped out by Stanton. So the fact is this district is sort of like in miniature of what Democrats are thinking give them a chance to win this state and maybe with it the White House uh, for Joe Biden. It's increasingly diverse. It's growing more educated. And those voters these days are voting more Democratic. And for the moment, that's a recipe for trouble for Donald Trump, yes, but also for the Republican Party moving forward. Okay, so working as political reporters, we often catch word of possible political moves. Yvonne, one of them includes the possibility of Representative Stanton running for Arizona governor in 2022. Now, he's batted away that suggestion in our interview with him. Look, I'm so excited about uh, what I'm doing in the United States Congress. My 100% focus, as it should be, is not only um, winning my race by as much as I possibly can and continue to support the people of Congressional District 9 in the United States Congress. There is so much important work to do. 
but are you buying it? If I was a betting person, and I'm not, but if I was, I would bet on a statewide run by Greg Stanton in 2022. That's just me. He talks a lot about statewide issues in addition to his congressional um, talking points and agenda. And, you know, behind the scenes, folks for a year or so now have have been mentioning him as a potential Democratic uh, nominee for governor. Now, might other Democratic uh, potential candidates muck up um, any potential bid for him? We've also heard Katie Hobbs' name, for example. I don't know, but oftentimes we hear these things. It's a little bit of tea. We're bringing it to you. We'll be monitoring Stanton's potential gubernatorial ambitions should they develop. But for today, that is it, Gaggle listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our special episode on Congressional District 9. Audio in today's episode comes from KPNX 12 News and Arizona Public Media. We'll be visiting each congressional district throughout the state leading up to the election. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And while we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winchett. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Katie O'Connell with help from Maritza Dominguez and Taylor Seeley. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.